Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. Today we have Jeffrey Berwin, who is my friend and mentor and one of the foremost experts in how to use the power of your own story to make you more relatable, make you more influential, and take your presentations to the next level. One thing you might want to write down is storytelling is to communicate your why. Why something matters. Do you have a mission behind your business? We know we're here to make a living, to make money. But people will be compelled by you as a communicator if there's a why behind your business. Storytelling is how you communicate your why. Jeffrey co-created and directed the award-winning Once Upon a Nation storytelling program for Historic Philadelphia. More than 2 million stories have been told to date. He provides consulting, coaching, training services for corporations, nonprofits, even franchise companies, and also works with speakers around the world. Jeffrey's clients have included the National Park Service, Kennedy Space Center, Audubon Society, Vanguard Charitable, but works specifically with Bradley Communications and their clients. In addition to providing workshops and executing coaching for companies and organizations, he's helped thousands of authors, speakers, and experts hone their message, get publicity, and market their services, and even helps people get on TEDx talks and use the power of their real-life stories to sell more product and get standing ovations. It's my honor to talk with Jeffrey today. It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Hey, Jeffrey Sill, happy to have you on. This is such an honor. It's great to be here, Tom. I'm really excited to join you today. This is so great. So, you know, storytelling is something that you have actually taught me personally as, as a mentor, let alone all this, the public speaking skills I've gained working with you in Bradley Communications and Steve and Harrison and uh, everybody over there, Bill. And so I'm just so excited to talk about this. Storytelling, as you know, as you taught me, is as old as man, right? We've been passing stories down around the campfire. Exactly. As long as there's been humans, we've really processed the world through telling each other stories. That's how we've made sense of things. And so as long as there's been humans, uh, some people would say 100,000 years, maybe a million years, uh, what storytelling does is bring us back around the campfire, even if you're in a high-tech world. Mm -hmm. How do you think it affects us mostly you know, in business in 2019 and going forward? It affects us and why it's more essential than ever. In fact, I don't even like the, you know, some people say, oh, you know, communications is a soft skill. You know, actually, it's not. It's an essential skill. Today, mm-hmm. because of the internet, because of technology, if you're like me, your, your brain is just overwashed with information and data and statistics and numbers. And that has its place, of course, in business. Of course it does. But how are you going to communicate the reason behind why you do what you do? So one thing you might want to write down is storytelling is to communicate your why. Why something matters. Uh, Do you have a mission behind your business? We know we're here to make a living, to make money. But people will be compelled by you as a communicator if there's a why behind your business. Storytelling is how you communicate your why. Well said. I love that. 
And it's so true. You know, people ask me all the time as, you know, you're, you're helping me find a franchise. You know, why? Why do you do this? Is it just a job? And, and, and it's so much more than a job for me, right? It's a passion. It's, franchising has changed my life. And I never was able to communicate it or communicate why until I went through what's called the Quantum Leap Program with Bradley Communications and, and Steve Harrison's group out in Philadelphia. And that was enlightening to me. Yeah, and exactly. And because you have great stories, but notice your energy when you just said, you know, I love, you know, uh, the freedom, you know, all these things that you love about franchising. Well, you know, Tom, with your talent, and I know your listeners, you can get a corporate job if you wanted to. But why Mm -hmm. do you want to own your own business? Why do you want to help others in whatever the franchise is? Communicate the why behind that makes people sort of lean in, you know, want to either do the franchise or buy from your franchise because they're excited. And again, when you're speaking or even in writing, if that enthusiasm and your passion and where that comes from. So if you own your own business, like for me, I work with Bradley Communications and I'm also an independent contractor. And mm-hmm. I, because for me, an essential thing is I will be in control of my schedule. I want freedom. So I work with a wonderful company, but I'm in control of my life. And that's why I love talking to you about franchisees because I really feel, you know, a kinship with that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, franchise owners, franchise companies need to really take the storytelling to the next level. I would even say they would bring somebody like you in to, you know, during their national conference, as an example, to to do like a two or three hour class on how to bring your story into the business. Because everybody has a different story. Everyone has a story. But how do you take it from the story, you know, that you think is mundane, but it really is is powerful. And what and if you don't mind, I want to kind of share with the audience the story that you had <laughs> had helped me develop, right? That that I just thought was a stupid story, but (laughs) it it really is the concrete of what I do. The the, the mission behind it, you know, and we were just kind of kibitzing about this one day at one of the meetings, you and I, and then you you looked at me like, wait a second, what did you just say? So (laughs) I want to just kind of share that story. and, And you can hear the setup kind of when I talk about it, and then we could talk about how you do this for yourself. Is that okay? Sure. All right, cool. So what's funny is we were talking and, and, and now even like at a networking meeting and I'll, somebody will say like, how'd you get into franchising? And, you know, it'd be like, most people would say, oh, you know, I wanted to control my own destiny. I want to control my freedom. I wanted to make more money, you know, whatever it is. But I take a different approach, which makes everyone lean in, which, as you said. And I, I say, well, you know, I used to be a subway conductor in New York City. I was the guy opening and closing the doors, if you ever rode on the subway, and making the announcements that were inaudible. And one day, there was an old-timer there, and he said, hey, kid, this is a great job, because you'll always have a shirt on your back. It'll never be a silk shirt, but you'll always have a shirt. And I was like, whoa, that's like a ton of, you know, bricks on me. I'm like, I'm working, you know, my butt off. And, and I realized my bosses who I love were not living the lifestyle I wanted to live. And I looked around and I saw business owners were, and that's when I realized I want to own my own business. It was in that moment when I decided I'm going to buy a franchise. Isn't that great? And you know, I just, you and I had known each other for years and you just said something that made me connect a dot just now in your story because i've seen you in person and you wear you are really snappy dresser and you wear incredible shirts 
And notice <laughs> I just put that into my head because you, the shirts are an aspect of your story. You're painting a picture. And you, mm-hmm. what's the famous brand you wear? What's the name of that men's brand of shirts? It's um, uh, Robert Graham. Robert Graham shirts. They're gorgeous. They're amazing. They're eye-catching. Your, your visual brand matches your story, Tom. And I just realized that after all the years <laughs> of talking to you. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I was talking to somebody recently redoing my website, and they's like, we should make your website look like a shirt. Make you it know? look like a Robert Graham <laughs> shirt. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, you're exactly right. And that's why I wear those shirts. It's, it's you know, I like to dress. You know, I'm, I'm into that stuff. But the, the shirts stand out. And, you know, not for nothing, but they're, they're pretty expensive shirts, you know, for an average person. And, um, you know, most of them are silk and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's kind of like a badge of honor for me to own, you know, I own like two dozen of these shirts. And, uh, and I wear them every day, even on the weekends. And people, they stand out. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So how do we how do we build a story like that? How do you kind of get it out of yourself to put it, you know, on paper first and then, you know, into into language? You know, you start by just looking back. You know, a lot of people I work with in the beginning stages, oh, I don't have any stories to tell. And typically they're saying that because they haven't taken the time to look back on their lives and just write down key moments, pivotal moments in your life, personal or professional, doesn't matter, where things changed. And I'm, I like epiphany, epiphany moments, also called light bulb moments, or simply ahas, where mm-hmm. somebody is in a, a state of something's not working. Maybe you're stuck. Maybe self-sabotaging beliefs. Maybe you're in a corporate job and you want out. It doesn't matter. But an epiphany or a light bulb moment happens, if you think about it, in the darkness. There's something in the way of the better life you're trying to achieve. So you focus in on a story, on the epiphany moments. So you begin by looking back on your life and just write down in one sentence, even a rough date, you know, 2012, one sentence, a key moment in your life. Those become, I call it a story bank. Those you'll be able to make withdrawals from that bank if you start today, starting to look back on your life, key moments, especially when you had ahas, and they become the substance of future stories you'll play with, you'll try out on people. Stories are also grounded in what I call fundamental human situations, themes, and, and those are negative. We all struggle. Everybody goes through stuff. And there, there's only so many, you know, the feelings of lack of connection to others. You know, just take different parts of our lives. Where do we struggle? Where do we feel alone? Where do we feel uncertain? Where do we desire something and we yearn for so much? We all share that. So that's where stories are so compelling because, Tom, you have your unique life. I have my unique life, but there's common ground. And the stories make that connection the way as to if you threw a statistic to me right now or an aspect of your resume that I haven't lived, it's sort of a disconnector. I may be super impressed by Tom Scarta or you may be super impressed by something Jeffrey Berwin did, but it doesn't connect us. What connects us is, you know what, Tom, there was a point in my life. I had to close my family businesses, and I spent my late 30s, early 40s wondering if I even had a future. And that, that actually is true. Right. When I say that, especially to entrepreneurs, especially people who are trying to restart their lives, they lean in, their eyes sparkle, they breathe as one. If it's an audience, that's what stories do. It's always mm. got to be real. But I'm also, when I train my clients, it's like, who is your ideal customer, listener, audience, you know, whatever? And where do you and they intersect? 
in terms of the right. basic fundamental human stuff. That's where the stories focus. Another yeah. thing you did beautifully in the story, Tom, is on the other technique I'm huge into is painting pictures. Your mm-hmm. job, storytelling inhabits the imagination of the brain. So as, if you're a speaker, when you're telling a story, I advise my clients never, ever, ever use a slide. If you want to use slides later in a PowerPoint or whatever, sure, when you're showing numbers or whatever. But during a story, you tell stories so that I'm in that subway car with you. So I'm seeing mm-hmm. that, you know, that I'm hearing that dialogue with you. It's like you're describing sort of a screenplay in my head. Right. And that's science. The science behind storytelling is it inhabits the oldest part of our brain. And you paint yeah. pictures to trigger the imagination because the root word of imagination is image. And mm. you did that beautifully. So as a storyteller, paint pictures, identify epiphanies in your life. And where do those things connect to your ideal prospect, customer, or audience? So true. You know, and, and I think about my stories in the subway, and I worked in the subway for 13 years, so I got many, many stories I could probably write a book about. <laughs> but I take certain pieces, like you're talking about the story bank. So there's certain stories, there's certain things that relate to questions that people ask me. Like, you know, I often get the question, how much is your service and and what kind of people do you work with? What kind of people buy franchises? And instead of like saying, oh, well, it's this is, you know, my first, first of all, my service is free. I help people around the country. I get paid by the franchise company for helping them find a franchise. But, you know, making that match, instead of saying just a mundane type of thing, I say to people, you know, I was in the subway and you might remember a story. As I was working in the subway, and this did not happen on my train, but you read about it. You, you read about it in the papers. If you live in New York, there was someone who fell onto the tracks innocently. So it's like one of those days. It's, you know, everybody's like, you know, looking at their phone or looking at their newspaper, waiting for the train to come. And this guy falls onto the tracks, and everybody gasps. And almost immediately, everyone takes out their phone to start filming. One gentleman jumped onto the tracks. As the train was coming, you could hear it roaring coming down the tunnel. He jumped onto the tracks and pulled this guy to safety. And the train roared by and they were unhurt, both of them. And I say to people, you know, if you're the kind of person that takes out your cell phone and starts filming and doesn't take action, you probably shouldn't buy a franchise. Hmm. You got to be an action taker. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's what's great. So what you do is see stories make an emotional connection. They also illustrate ideas. They illustrate ideas. And so you drew a metaphor. You you told a story about something that happened on a subway, and then right at the end, you made it into a teaching point. If you're not taking action, but you made it come alive through the story, that's exactly right. That's what you can use stories for. And don't we remember more when it's a story, right? You know, I've seen a lot of studies about this. That's not accidental, which is why you heard me in the beginning say, I don't like this being called a soft skill because it sounds not important. Yes, our brains typically, in a typical business meeting, I saw an article about this, uh, and there's other studies as well. In a typical business meeting, the average person attending that meeting, if there's information and statistics and data being shared, about 30% of the room will remember that. If a story is being shared, around 66% of the room will remember the story. Wow. Your goal as a speaker or as somebody's pitching an idea, and by the way, speaking could just be we're across the dinner table from each other and I'm a potential prospect. 
what well, right. to be in front of the audience. But when you're doing that, you're you need to illustrate your ideas, and you just simply could say, for example, let me give you an example, and you illustrate your point through a story. Hmm. You know, as a creative guy, there's nothing more boring to me than money issues or, you know, those kind of financial issues that are out there. And I was talking to a gentleman who is a financial planner and, you know, he's looking for business. And when I asked why he does what he does and how much does he charge and all that kind of stuff, he was obviously a storyteller. He knew what to do. And so he didn't answer the question with, oh, I have an MBA and I have a CPA and I have this and I've done that and I worked for 20 years. And he didn't do that. He said, when I was a kid, I had a brother and he wanted to do X, Y, Z and whatever. And, and he ended up having a heart attack and dying at like 45 years old. Which was like, Think about that. That's insane. Mm-hmm. But that happens. And he goes, you know, I had to go, and so I'm the executor of the will, and I had to go through this whole thing, and I'm going through all his papers, and I find a note that he wrote to me as a kid about following my dreams. And so he's my older brother, and then he takes out the note <laughs> from his desk, and wow. he's like, and so he's telling this story, and he goes, and my brother had nothing. He had no money. And we, we had to, like, I had to pay for the funeral. And I realized in that moment, I have to help people. I have to help people to save for the future. Mm. And like, this is the guy I want, right? <laughs> I mean, he's got a why, you know? If it's just like, oh, I, you know, I, I do uh, Mike Bloomberg's taxes, you know, that doesn't impress me. I don't give a crap. But when you tell me a story like that, I want to do business with you. And here's the thing. If, you know, especially we men. We've, most of us have been trained to, you know, stiff upper lip and don't, you know, just do the work and keep, that is so, we're over that. We need to be mm-hmm. over that. Here's, that's so 20th century, isn't it? Just you, you be the man and you just keep your, you know, head down and you bring in the bacon and you do the numbers thing and let the women be the feelers. And that is, always has been nonsense, but it, it is more nonsense than ever. And you know why? People don't know who to trust. No, and I'm not okay. talking the political realm at all. I'm talking about because of the internet, because of stuff like that. Social media, it's a very strange thing. You know, I could have a thousand friends, but how many real friends do I have? If you have half a dozen, you're very blessed. So when, again, communicating your why and being vulnerable. And when a man especially, toward mm. the end of a presentation, not in the beginning necessarily, start, go, pulls back the curtain and, bees, and then is a little vulnerable. You know, there was a point in my life where Things were not working. People, Tom, it's just so powerful. It's compelling because of that, mm-hmm. because men are expected to have it all together. We're meant to be supermen. Nonsense. Right. So you go vulnerable. We're already giving you authority as an expert, mm-hmm. right? I know I'm talking to Tom Scarta, one of the world's authority on franchises. I'm one of the world's authority on storytelling. So I could afford, mm-hmm. but that shows up elsewhere in my resume or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when I say, you know what? I've found in my life, every decent relationship I've had, it began when we were starting to be real with each other. There's a famous TED Talk, one of the most watched of all, uh, by Brene Brown. Maybe you've heard of it. uh, The Power of Vulnerability. The Power of Vulnerability. Millions and millions of views. She went early. As a social scientist, she realized, oh, wait a minute. To live a heart-filled life, you got to be vulnerable with people. 
you know, as I say in business, people buy from people they know, like, and trust. Steve Harrison talks about mm-hmm. that a lot. People buy from people they know, like, and trust. How are you supposed to know, like, and trust me? Should I just say, hey, you can trust me? And people are going to be like, why should I? But when you tell a story where you have messed up, but have overcome it and come out the other side, people want to follow you because it's almost like one of my clients says, you know what, as an expert, you, you want to talk to your younger self. You know, what do you know now that you wish you knew then? And you, I don't go off on a tangent, but isn't that powerful in, in just marketing messaging? It's like, that is great. you're teaching your younger self and that's why people want to learn from you because that's where they are. Wow. That's powerful. I'm going to change my whole marketing. Take it right now. Push the pause button. (laughs) Stop recording. I'll wait. Get back to me in five minutes. (laughs) Yeah, that's really serious. That's awesome. Now, can I just add to that, Tom? Uh, Just real fast because I don't want to forget. You know, at 63, you start forgetting stuff. Um, (laughs) One of the things that I find so compelling about you and why you and I, even originally you were a client, but we became friends very fast is one of the things you're very heart driven, but you also have a skill uh, by who you are, something that I think is sadly lacking. And that is a wonderful sense of humor. You and your wife, Gina and others, how you are naturally, people just want to talk to you. And I would encourage your listeners is like, you know what? Do we always have to be serious? The answer is no. Lighten it up, folks. Have more fun in your business, in your life, get people laughing. And here's the best way to do that, in my opinion. Like, I don't tell jokes. I'm not good at telling jokes. Some people are. But I love self-deprecating humor. When I mm. have done something ridiculous, absurd, able to laugh at myself, and I tell those stories, I've done that in business settings. And I got two opposing people, two different financial advisors, my own, who were disagreeing with each other. And I started telling them stories of how I had a farm for four years, even though I don't know anything about tools, I can't ride horses, and how I started a forest fire, and how all this stuff happened. And they're now laughing and laughing at me in a fun way. And everybody started getting along. So basically, you know, enjoy your life more, laugh more. I totally agree. And, and I want to circle back to the vulnerability piece, because that's the, probably the biggest takeaway you taught me as I went through the training with you. Because, you know, as you know now, (laughs) but I was hiding for for 10 years, the fact that I had a franchise that failed. Mm. And so people, you know, people want to know, all right, so what is your credibility? Yeah. So, and I, so I tell them the story, the way you taught me to do it. It's like, well, I owned Maui Waui Smoothies and it was great. We sold it. We made a bunch of money. Things were great. Loved it. Then we bought a second franchise. And it was, it started out with a bang, but within 19 months, we were out of business and we lost our entire life savings. Hmm. That's what made me a franchise expert. So I tell, you know, it's a a more rounded story than that, but now I I almost like lead with, you know, I failed and and let me show you how not to do that (laughs) if you're going to buy a franchise. And when you've told that story to people, what have you noticed in terms of their reaction? Well, you know, typically I'm on the phone with people and I could kind of feel their shoulders drop and they kind of lean back in their seat and take a breath. Mm. 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 It diffuses tension and concern and having to be perfect and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But it also says that I'm authentic and uh, it's not, I'm not all just, yeah, I did this, I did this, I did this. I'm great. Look at my degrees. I got 
you know, a wall full of this and a million initials behind my name. And none of that matters. People don't care. But they care about I mean, your, it's part of it. You know? It belongs on your website and it belongs in your resume and the back of a book and when other people introduce you. But when we're talking, you know, let other people speak to our accomplishments, basically, or let our websites speak to our accomplishments or our bio. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking to people, you know, assume they already know that. But once you start bragging, just know it's going to separate. And yet people still need to know your accomplishments. Does that make sense? You're, you're finding that balance. That that makes a lot of sense. So tell me, Jeffrey, what are you excited about right now? What What's happening in your life? I am excited. Well, a couple of things. Certainly in an achievement, I'm very pleased that I've, at this date, I've trained 67 people on how to get or do a TEDx talk. Wow. And in fact, my latest is a teacher in Delaware who's about to do his TEDx talk this Sunday. I mean, it's about how he feels as a teacher. We need to not always grade our students. We get, need to get to know them. And mm. I'm just like, oh, I love that stuff. Mm. So I'm excited about that. Two other things. I uh, occasionally do workshops outside of my work with Bradley Communications. And I've been wanting to teach at MBA students at a local university. I live outside Philly. Mm-hmm. And I just did a workshop that went really well this Saturday for MBA students at Villanova. Wow. And and it was just one of those times, you know, they don't know, nothing ever goes perfectly. And my workshops typically go very well, but this one went really well. So much discussion. I love that age group. It's like young 30s into life, you know, and because Villanova is a great university. I was really excited about that. And the third thing I'm excited about, completely off topic, is I'm writing a children's book. I haven't even told you that. Oh, my God. And I know. Who would have thought? It's <laughs> not the book I'm told I should write. It's the book I feel like writing, and I'm, I'm having fun doing it. That is awesome. Love that. <laughs> you got um, a lot of great things going on. And, and so g- give us a little background on Bradley Communications and, and what they're doing. I, I want people to know about that because they, they've helped me so much, both you, know, you and Steve and Bill and everybody there. Thank you. Yeah. Family business. I've been their senior coach for many years. I've been here about 27 years. And what we do is we help. We're a small family business and we provide us a whole series of events, coaching services uh, that helps basically authors, speakers, small business owners learn how to market themselves in a compelling way, learn how to be better speakers, uh, learn how to publish their books the right way. One of our most famous clients uh, has been mm-hmm. Jack Canfield, the best-selling author in history, 500 million yep. books like The Success Principles and Chicken Soup. Uh, we helped John Gray launch Men from Mars. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki has been a client. But we've helped, gosh, I'm thinking 50,000 authors and speakers over the years, mm-hmm. about 35 years in business. We're outside Philly. Steve Harrison is a, just a wonderful, a brilliant guru about really how to run your business and still have the humanity behind it. So he loves marketing. And most people think marketing is a dirty word. It's simply communicating and with integrity, but still asking for the sale. And most people don't know how to do that. So we have a year-long program called the Quantum Leap Publicity and Marketing Program. We're not a PR firm, but we teach people how to pitch the media. Mm -hmm. So that's a year-long program. All these different coaches like myself, whether it's speaking, publishing, internet marketing, advising people how to grow their business. We have a wonderful public event called the National Publicity Summit. You can go to nationalpublicitysummit.com to see that. Twice a year in New York City, it's like speed dating with the media over three days. 
Uh, we train people how to talk to the media. I run the Unforgettable Speaker Training Program, and that's exactly what it sounds like. I teach people how to craft their stories, how to go for a TEDx talk, how to just be more comfortable on the stage. And you can check that out at unforgettablespeakertraining.com. I have my own website, storytellingsuccess.com, but 99% of my work is with Steve Harrison clients. They also do a three times a year. You have a we have to do a private retreat at Jack Canfield's home in Santa Barbara, where up to fifteen people can go there with Steve, with Jack, with Jack's president of his companies, and it's a high level two day uh, brainstorming event. And Jack, you know, he's incredible. He's done a lot in his life. So that's a quick snapshot. Uh, you can see steveharrison.com is sort of a, uh, we don't really promote that website much because we have all these different products that we promote more directly, but you can certainly see him there. Well, I can't say enough about the program personally. I mean, this, this podcast is not so much about promoting Bradley Communications and, and Steve Harrison, but but I can't say enough about it. I, you know, it really helped me. I And I did all the programs. I, I did Quantum Leap, the year-long program, not once, I did it twice. I, I really got a lot yep. out of that. I did the publicity summit. That's where we first met. You probably don't remember because you meet so many people. But that's where we met. How long ago was that? Like four years ago, maybe. That'd be at least four years ago. Somewhere at in least that neighborhood. Four or five. Yeah. 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 We met in New York, and um, I had just done a moth talk just before that. And that's right. That's so cool. The Moth is the world's premier venue for live storytelling. That's uh-huh. right. You tell me that. I'm like, oh, my God, he's the coolest guy ever. <laughs> well, just trying to, <laughs> trying to keep up with you, you know. I can't, yeah, yeah. You know, it's tough. But, um, but I try. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, and I did the Jack Canfield. You know, Jack actually, one of my glorious moments is that I was having lunch with Jack Hanfield and telling my story and, and everything that I teach. If you ever worked with me, you always hear the story about, you know, when you are looking for the right franchise, it's not the choice between franchise A or franchise B, but it is a choice between uncertainty and unhappiness. And I was telling Jack that whole thing. And then we went out, he got on stage and I'm sitting in the audience and I'm taking notes. There's 300 people in the room. And then Jack calls me out and says, this is what this guy Tom has to say. And he, and he quoted me and I was like, Oh my God, I almost fell off my seat. <laughs> right. It was right. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's been great. And then, you know, then you guys have the whole video studio in Philadelphia, which I, you know, did videos there with the help of people writing it and then, you know, you were directing and and then we did a whole interview segment and it was just, you know, there's so many facets, like everything that you need to really bring your business to a whole nother marketing and PR level. So when I was in that program, I was doing two to three radio interviews a week around the country. Mm -hmm. And then I got to meet Jennifer Hammond, who she's a coach now for, Bradley Communications, and she has her own show on Sirius, and I've been on her show three or four times in the past four years, and she brings me into Manhattan, into the Sirius studios. I get to take pictures in front of Howard uh, Howard Stern studio, and uh, it's it's just been such a blessing, and 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 I use the word blessing purposefully because that's how Steve runs the business. It, it's almost like a ministry for him. And that's what attracted me personally to this whole thing when I really got to see Steve's heart and understand where he's coming from and, and even his wife, you know, I got to meet her. And so this is like, I was like, this is who I want to do business with, right? It's like no like and trust. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I, I got to that point and, and, you know, he 
underpromised and overdelivered with the program beyond. So I just want to thank all of you. And I think that's a big takeaway for your listeners to take away from what you just shared is what we're talking about today is the really encourage all of you to merge your brain and your heart into your business. There's a business you're, you're running and how could you bring your heart, your passion, your, your spirit into that? That's going to make a difference. Everybody who owns a business, I used to be in retail. And every day I do, you know, about 700 phone consults a year. That's just the phone consults. And you know what I feel my job is as a business person is at the beginning of the call is people come with need. They're worried about something. They have emotional needs and they have logistical needs. They want my professional advice, but they also are at a certain place of uncertainty. And you know what we want to do as business owners? We want to one of my clients calls it getting them above the line. I love that. Mm. Take out a piece of paper. In the middle of a piece of paper, draw a horizontal line. And just know that anybody you're interacting with before, just as you're starting to talk to them, they're below the line. Somehow, it could be they need information or they need direction. But emotionally, what else do they need? And by the end of the phone call or by the end of the podcast or by the end of anything, can you bring them above the line? Not only in the information they're looking for, but by the encouragement you can give them, by the infusion of heart. Encourage. Think about the word encourage. It means to instill courage. Mm. Think about the word enthusiasm. It means to give spirit or give God, theus. Mm. These are the things that you as a business owner have the potential to do. If you own a franchise and there's a drive-through aspect of it, can you make sure you or your team are raising people above the line, not just handing them their smoothie right. through the window? Mm. Can you make them smile? People are so, right, Tom, people are so anxious. There's wow. an anxiety epidemic worldwide. And as business owners, I challenge all of us, we can do something about that to make do it our little bit to make people a little happier. Amazing. I'm speechless. That's a good one. And that's, that's exactly right. And if you do, if you do your business, any business, I don't care what it is, you know, even in franchising, you feel like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm just a franchisee, but, but you're not, you are serving people and whatever it is that you do. And you could just make it a better world and a better day. And some people just need that smile and you, you know, you don't even realize what people are going through. And so that's a great thing. Thanks for sharing yeah. that. I wanted yeah. to ask you a, a quick question. Bust, I want you to bust one myth about what you do and how could you uh, help help people Well, understand. the first myth I'm going to bust is that I know what I'm talking about. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, He's a, I'm not sure, but it's all right. No, um, you know, here's my favorite myth-busting statement. It was certainly one of them. I got a bunch. But the one I like best is that I want to be a storyteller. And what I would say is, no, you don't. You want to be a story sharer and a story listener. Wow. Be slow to tell your stories and be quick to listen to others or and share. View it as a sharing because scientifically, as I said earlier in the call, Google the brain science behind storytelling. You will see terms like dopamine is being released. Mirroring is happening. Neural coupling is happening. Basically what's happening, if you, Tom, start telling me one of your stories, my brain naturally by wiring is trying to jump into it. Mm -hmm. There's a shared experience happening here. So the myth I want to bust is, no, don't be a storyteller. Be a story sharer and be a story listener. Everything will change if, you, if we, each of us are a little quieter 
and listen to each other's stories with real interest. Ask people, why do you do what you do? Who has been influential on you, to you in your life? Who made you what you are today? Why are they special to you? Why do you value freedom? Schedule. Why do you want to be of service to others? This is compelling stuff. And you look for other people, they answer you back. That is amazing. Wow. That's deep insight. This is a golden podcast right here. I am so excited. I knew it would be great. Thank you, I'm Tom. I'm so, so happy. So, and this, this may be kind of um, beating a dead horse, but any other parting words of advice you would like to give to our listeners? Just the encouragement to start writing down, uh, even if it's one sentence, key moments in your life that led to where you are now. Know that you could develop those as stories, you know, paint the pictures, focus in on epiphanies. Uh, but today, carry a little journal with you. Go to Staples, go to some office supply store, buy a pocket size little notebook and carry with you on your walk in your car. And when you think of a story, just write it down. That will be mm -hmm. the nugget for future, future gold, really, that you can use. Having stories up your sleeve is money in the bank, speaking business mm -hmm. for a second. And you start by just thinking about your life embracing it and know that your stories really matter. Wow. And that's, you know, I know we're tight on time, but I just got to say, I give out journals now. I had them, you know, personally made with my logo and everything. So if anybody wants a free journal, I'll give you one for free. Just email me at Tom at the franchiseacademy.com. I'll send you a free journal. It's pretty that's cool. A great I love idea. It. I'll put a picture on it on the website actually, and you could see it. So my friend Jeffrey, thank you so much for taking the time out to do this. Your words are so powerful. Your teaching is great. And we'll do so much more together. Well, thank you, Tom. An honor to be with you and, and God bless. And, and just thanks for inviting me onto your show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.